1: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood.
0: Folks, my guest this evening is Dr. Mark Newman. He is president of Speaker for Life, a training firm dedicated to equipping pro-life advocates nationwide with public speaking skills. He's former director of speech and debate at the University of California at Irvine. He's retired from teaching in the doctoral program in the School of Communication and the Arts at Regent University. And uh, you may have run across him on Fox News or in Time magazine. He is originally from North San Diego County in California, but... God bless him. He's been relocated by the Lord to East Tennessee with his wife and their youngest son, Joel. So, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. It's good to be here. Now, I heard Mark speak at a a wonderful uh, event sponsored by Constitutional Conservatives here in Sevier County, and... um, he did a tremendous job, and after he spoke, I was blessed to get a copy of his book *Contenders*, which is a church-wide strategy to unmask abortion, defeat its advocates, empower Christians, and change the world. And uh, I read it. People send me books all the time, uh, <laughs> wanting me to read them and then talk about them on the air. And uh, and I let's just say, I say yes. Less often than I say no. Oh, absolutely! But uh, but it was a delight to read Mark's book, and I was eager to do so because he was such an effective speaker. The things that he shared and the way that he shared them, absolutely powerful. So I asked him to please come on the broadcast. He didn't ask me if he could please do this. I asked him if he would come on the broadcast, and we're delighted to introduce him to those of you who don't know him and to bring him back for those of you who do. Mark, again, we're glad you're here.
1: My pleasure, sir.
0: Now, uh, there are some questions that you address in this book. How did intentionally killing human beings in the womb become health care? When did sacrificing the innocent become the path to freedom? So, Clearly, Planned Parenthood has done a very effective job of brainwashing a lot of willing uh, victims Mm -hmm. into believing a pack of lies. Yes. And one of the things that you do in this book, Contenders, is go back and just not only advocate the truth, but you bring forth some truths that a lot of people, including Planned Parenthood, don't want people to know, whether it's the Margaret Sanger's eugenic view of, of life and how we want to get rid of undesirables, by which she particularly meant people with dark skin, and uh, or whether it is the fact that up until shortly before Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood was still admitting freely in their published literature mm-hmm. that that's a baby
1: in there. That's correct. I've got one of those right here. This is, I think you may have seen this at Constitutional Conservatives. I actually own it, and you can confirm this is an original pamphlet. Absolutely. Uh, on the back of it, it says, distributed by who? Planned Parenthood Federation mm-hmm. of America. That's This is uh, their document. And this is back published in 1951. They, uh, they distributed this pamphlet, and on it, mm-hmm. it says, If one of the male sperm meets and unites with an egg cell, a new life begins. This is their document. It's what they used to use. They also used to pass out a brochure called Plan Your Children for Health and Happiness. And this was a question and answer brochure about birth control pills. And they asked the question in the brochure, uh, birth control, is it an abortion? And their response here back post, you know, Mm pre-1970 was definitely not. An abortion kills the life of a baby after it has begun. It is dangerous to your life and health. It may make you sterile so that when you want a child, you cannot have it. Now, sometimes, you know, I'll show you this. This is a... uh, it's a photocopy. You can yep. have that if you like um, because I happen to – some people asked me, how did you Photoshop that? And I said, no, I, I have this original over here. Wow. And intriguingly, of course, this original has a picture of, of what on the front? Black child. It has a black child on the front because even though they weren't interested in aborting these children back then, they were certainly interested – in making sure fewer and fewer of them were conceived in the first place. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows human life begins at conception. This right. is not n- news to anybody. Planned Parenthood knew that it was true back when they were putting out these publications. But more Prasad and in the latest edition of their longstanding textbook, um, The Developing Human Clinically Oriented Embryology, This is their latest edition was in 2020. Mm-hmm. This is what they wrote. Human development begins at fertilization when a sperm fuses with an oocyte to form a single cell, the zygote, this highly specialized totipotent cell capable of giving rise to any cell type, marks the beginning of each of us as a unique individual. Amazingly, not that much different than what we read Planned Parenthood distributing yes. in the Gift of Life. Now, tell us again what book that came from, because I want folks to understand that wasn't
0: published by a Bible college somewhere. Oh no, this or is some a, church. This is a medical absolutely. Text. Tell us what when people are taking
1: embryology classes uh, Mm -hmm. on their way to becoming doctors, Mm -hmm. you know they take an embryology class. This is a standard textbook, The Developing Human: Clinically Oriented Embryology, and it's uh, the the authors are Moore Persaud, that's P E R S A U D, and Tortia, which is T O R C H I A. If you want to go look that up, Mm -hmm. so yeah, we've got this truth claim here. It's an ongoing truth claim, and yet they say now, no, it's not. Now people say, well, how how did that? change take place it was planned yes right best example i've got comes from california medicine this is the official journal of the california medical association it's a little bit lengthy please bear with me these people write in this editorial in september 1970 three years before roe versus wade Mm -hmm. but about the time that uh, ronald reagan signed the therapeutic abortion Mm -hmm. uh, bill into law legalizing abortion in california Mm -hmm. listen to what they write and by the way when i say since the old ethic whenever you hear the word old ethic out of my mouth In the article, they identify that old ethic as the Judeo-Christian ethic, which identifies all human beings as having objective moral value. Yes. So this is what they write. Since the old ethic has not yet been fully displaced, it has been necessary to separate the idea of abortion from the idea of killing, which continues to be socially abhorrent. You know, the idea of killing. Right. They say, The result has been the curious avoidance of the scientific fact, which everyone really knows, that human life begins at conception and is continuous, whether intra- or extra-uterine, until death. The very considerable semantic gymnastics which are required to rationalize abortion as anything but the taking of a human life would be ludicrous if they were not often put forth under socially impeccable auspices. Mm -hmm. It is suggested by the authors that this schizophrenic sort of subterfuge is necessary, because while a new ethic is being accepted, the old one has not yet been rejected. These guys are saying, look, everybody knows human life begins at conception, Mm -hmm. and then it's continuous. Everybody knows that abortion is the taking of a human life, but what we're going to do is we are going to make the claim that it's not. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make it loudly. And it's great if we can put it forth under socially impeccable auspices. So we'll get the government to say it. We'll get the medical community to say it. We'll get the entertainment community, the education community to say it. And it would be really great if we could get some clergy to say it too. Mm -hmm. And they did, and it worked. Yes. And they're still doing the same thing. Yes.
0: It is still schizophrenic. Yeah. It is still completely
1: evil. Yes. It's, it's human sacrifice. Yes. It's, so people say, you know, oh, I just don't understand your connection with the Old Testament, you know, because it's not like people are running around worshiping idols anymore. Well, uh, C.S. Lewis and the screw tape letters right he's got the uh, the senior demon screw tape speaking to the junior demon wormwood and he says mm-hmm. hey the uh, our instructions for the present are to conceal ourselves he goes but yes. we're going to get them to think that they're worshiping forces mm-hmm. but you know if any idea of a devil appears to them just suggest to them something in red tights you know with mm-hmm. horns and a tail and and convince them that since they can't believe in that they can't believe in you right that's what he says what we are experiencing in abortion in America today is nothing less than idolatrous child sacrifice. Absolutely. And it's been it's been being done for the same reason today as it's been done for the same reason always, which is I either want to keep my life the way it is and this mm-hmm. child's going to get in the way, so I will sacrifice it to keep my life, or I have goals in my life that I happen to believe this child is going to get in the way of, mm-hmm. so I will sacrifice this child in hopes of gaining these dreams. Yes. And what these people don't understand is that children... Don't interfere with things, although they might sometimes alter your Mm -hmm. dreams. And in fact, I know it's hard for some people in this anti-child culture to believe, but those children can actually make your life better. Yeah.
0: And folks, if you're listening right now and you say, you know, I'm horrified, I did not know. Well, you are part of the majority, sadly. But I want you to know something. God loves people. He not only loves little children in the womb and out of the womb, God loves you. And if you have sinned in this area or you've been a part of encouraging others to sin in this area, if you felt like, well, it's no big deal, I want you to know it is a big deal, but a bigger deal is that God loves you. And you need to come to him and say, I am so sorry. And you will find that he doesn't have to be persuaded love you. He already loves you. And Jesus came to save sinners. Now, the gospel is the antidote not just to the abortion issue. The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe, whatever your problem is. Amen. And so I don't want you to think as you hear this, and I hope are stirred up by it, I don't want you to think that, oh, well, I guess there's no hope for me. Oh, there is. Jesus came to save sinners. That's the only way that I can go to heaven. It's the only way that you can go to heaven. But we don't get there by trying to rationalize our sin and persuade ourselves and others that what we did or what we want to do or are doing is no real problem because we want to do it. If we come to the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, Jesus said the fellow who confessed his sin and his need went home justified. He was forgiven. The person who's not forgiven is the one who stands there and tries to persuade God that what he's doing is really good. Right now, in this country, the pro-aborts are filled not just with hatred, but with self-righteousness. They believe that it is absolutely imperative – that they provide women everywhere with this form of health care. It's not health care. No, it is not. It's not health care. That would be like my saying that in the name of health care, I'm going to go and provide euthanasia for all the people in the nursing home because they may not know that they want to die, but I do. I know best. And so I'm going to go in there and just eliminate... All the people who are a burden on society, whose loved ones have to go and visit them, hopefully. And, you know, we can just make it. I won't do it in some grotesque, bloody fashion that people can see. I will just kill them in a gentle way. The abortionists don't even do that. No. They don't even do that. It's brutal. It is brutal. It is slaughter. And I'm sorry if this is triggering somebody but let it trigger you to repent.
1: A couple of things about that, Pastor Wood. uh, On the first hand, it's it's true. There is no sin so great that the blood of Christ can't cleanse it. Mm -hmm. Jesus has the authority to forgive all sins. So that that part is true. And it's important to know that there are a lot of people, research has been done, nearly 50% of women who are post-abortive in American churches today Mm -hmm. have said in survey research, that when the pastor speaks about forgiveness, they don't believe that it applies to a terminated pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so for many women in America, the greatest barrier standing between them and the cross of Jesus Christ is the body of their unborn child. And mm-hmm. we need to help people to understand that is not true. Amen. If this is part of your past, and by the way, not just women, yes. men, yes. There, are, there are millions upon millions of horribly damaged men in America, some of whom coerced their, their wife or girlfriend into aborting their child, mm-hmm. some of whom desperately wanted to save their child, but the law provided them with no way to do so. Right. And they ha- they're carrying that guilt. Mm-hmm. You, we need to lay that down before the cross of Jesus. Amen. Now, on the flip side of that, there is what I what we refer to as easy believism. Yes. And, and I hear this from pregnancy center directors pretty frequently where a, a woman will say, I'm just going to have the abortion and then I'm going to ask God to forgive me. Yeah. So a couple of things we need to note about that. Will God forgive you? Yes, God will forgive you. Will you, therefore, be able to have this abortion and be unburdened? No. Right. No, and and not only will you not be, Christopher Kaiser in his book, The Ethics of Abortion, says people believe that abortion will unburden them of an unwanted pregnancy, but Mm -hmm. it is not true. They simply swap one burden for another burden, Yes. right? The burden of a a live child versus the burden of carrying around the knowledge that you have indeed uh, intentionally put another human being to death. And not only that, you've conspired with at least two other people, Mm -hmm. to put that child to death and whereas god may forgive you that would be and that's an incredible blessing Mm -hmm. what if our acts of abortion end up consistently hardening the hearts of people performing them Mm -hmm. and so we actually take part in the hardening of someone else's heart i don't want to have that as part i god will forgive me but i don't want to have that as part of my past i want to save people from that and he would comment it about euthanasia. That's true. And people talking about abortionist health care. is health care in the same way that slavery is asset management. Amen. Right. It's, we take the living human being out of the equation mm-hmm. and call it something else. Yes. And that's, we, we cannot do that.
0: Yeah. We just call the slave property. That's
1: correct. And, and then suddenly we can do whatever we
0: want with them. That's right. And the government has no right to interfere with my property rights. Mm-hmm. That's correct. With my state's rights. Whatever... Disguise I want to put on it. If you can decide that somebody is not human because you need for them not to be.
1: It's advantageous to you for them not to be.
0: Exactly. Then you can, in your own mind, rationalize almost anything. And folks, this is why we need to go back to God's word and see what he says about these things. Now, I love the fact that Mark has gone through and carefully documented that the folks at Planned Parenthood and in various medical associations knowingly changed the facts, not unlike today what's happening with sexuality. When a person wanting to be on the U.S. Supreme Court who happens to be female, cannot answer the question, what is a woman? Because, in her words, she's not a biologist. This is not ignorance. This is deliberate insanity, willful ignorance. I don't want to know, because if I answer that question, it's going to get me in hot water politically Mm -hmm. with the people who want me to be on the Supreme Court. Yes. And so I'm going to say I don't know. I don't know what a woman is. That is, again, further evidence of what Romans 1 describes. Thinking themselves wise, they became fools. And we have a country filled with what God's Word would describe as fools. But they're self-made fools. They are choosing ignorance. They are choosing to be deceived. They don't want to know the truth. They've got their hands over their eyes. They've got stoppers in their ears because they
1: don't want to face the facts. You know, God is a deliverer. When you read that chapter in, uh, in the first chapter of Romans, God will deliver you from your sins if mm-hmm. you call out to him. But God will also deliver you to your sins yes. if you won't. Because over and over again in that chapter, God says, and he delivered them over to right all these things that they want. Yes. So you can either say to God, Thy will be done, or God will say to you, Thy will be done. Exactly. Right? And then everybody will bear the results of those actions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we do need to get gain some clarity. One of the things that I think I and I just had a conversation on the phone today with uh, with a director over in California about this. You can imagine mm-hmm. how bad things are over there. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about transgenderism, how are we going to deal with this? And and what I want to do is sort of uncover for people how, at least in the social science or you know in in the social sciences, soft sciences mm-hmm. in academia, how things work. Mm-hmm. And the way that they work is, in order for you to advance up the ladder, you have to find um, a, a, what it seems like a smaller and smaller. Um, population of people or ideas to study. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what ends up happening is we end up becoming like five-year-olds who always ask why, mm-hmm. why, why. Mm-hmm. And, and I went through a thought experiment with her, which we won't do on the air right now, but maybe at some time in the future we might like to try it. I went through a thought experiment with her where I um, I posed a really horrific a moral dilemma and said that you know there, there's this guy and he's guilty of this crime and I'm gonna be his attorney now I'm gonna have a press conference now you ask me all the questions you want and see if you can't pin me down and I'm gonna tell you right now you can pick whatever moral dilemma you want mm-hmm. and I can defend it for you sure and I guarantee you as a matter of fact they did it so effectively uh, in one of my classes one year uh, we were talking about whether or not pedophilia was okay mm-hmm. and by the time I got done with doing questions and answers the, gr- the woman in my class said to me well I guess in that case it would have been okay mm. and I looked at her and I said I would never let you babysit my children. Right. Right. Because at some point, people have to be able to look at behavior and say, this is wrong. Why? Exactly. I don't have to give you a reason. It's wrong. God's word says it's wrong. Yes. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, listen, the, the purpose of a window being transparent is to see the garden that lies beyond the window. Mm-hmm. But what if the garden, too, is transparent, and the soil is transparent, and the earth is transparent? Said so at that point, you are functionally blind Yes. The reason the window is transparent is to see what lies beyond. That's where your sight stops. Yes. Well, every moral argument has got to be grounded in some kind of transcendent truth that you didn't develop. But to which you are beholden, Amen. Right, and so I I explained to it like chess. If I we're going to play chess right now, Mm -hmm. and we lay out our pieces, and you have to play on thirty-two squares on your side of the board, but I say to you, you know that feels very limiting to me, and I (laughs) identify my chess board with having one hundred and twenty-eight squares on my side of the board. (laughs) Well, now we might be playing a game, but that game would not be chess. Exactly right. Chess is defined. Yes. by a board with these pieces on this many squares. And Amen. until we can agree that that's how we're going to play, mm-hmm. we can't play that game. Amen. The same thing is true with logic. The same mm-hmm. thing is true about forming, uh, forming uh, right governance with a with a people group. Absolutely. If we can't agree on what the ground rules are, we can't make moral judgments. Amen.
0: And you see that in every area of life, as, yes. you, as you've just outlined. And yet, right now, we've got a whole lot of folks in our culture working very hard to say that anybody who tries to impose structure or rules is really brutalizing others. You're not just triggering me. This is violence against me because you have suggested
1: that I am not right. Which, by the way, in doing so, they have to say that I'm wrong, meaning that I'm not right.
0: Exactly. Right, this, this issue but it's of okay.
1: judgmentalism
0: is kind of weird, isn't it? Sort it, of one-sided. It, exactly. And that's precisely what's going on. And if you point that out to them, you are, again, just advancing this patriarchy that imposes this authoritarian view. That's why we can't really have math. That's why we can't really have logic. No logic. That's why we can't have argument. We simply get to decide what's right. That's my truth. If Maybe that's your truth, but you need to keep it to yourself because it clashes with my truth and nobody has a right to disagree with my truth.
1: Two books I would really recommend Christians to read today. One of them you should read to your kids, and it's The Emperor's New Clothes. Yes. Every young child should be hearing tonight from their Christian parents, The Emperor's New Clothes, to help them understand that when you know what is true, feel free to point it out the second book that adults ought to be reading although it's a tougher sled is c.s lewis's book the abolition of man yes he says that when we when we get rid of moral law we are not a kind of creature that can exist without moral law so what ends up happening is human beings come in he calls them the conditioners and they create a false moral law, just one that is beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is when the leadership knows the laws are made up, they don't feel beholden to follow them. It's Amen. not like older birds teaching younger birds how to fly. Both of them, they're, they're affected by gravity equally. Mm-hmm. No, we've got a group of elites telling the other people, the peons, how they ought to live. Yes. It, it, it's an amazing thing when you see how uh, this is happening right now in our culture, where people are literally making up laws. And I can point you to, to a number of relatively well-known academics who are saying now we have got to have a meta narrative or we're never going to make it. Right, and, and it doesn't even matter if it's true with a capital T. It's just got to be something that everybody believes. Right. This is where we're headed right now, and this is why we have the problems we have right now. Yes, is because we have rejected God's authority mm-hmm. over who we are. We're creatures. Yes. We did not make ourselves. Right. And by the way bad news for everybody listening. Everyone's going to die. Yes, everyone. And then you're going to stand before your creator. You're going to give an account of your life. Amen. Folks, the
0: only hope is Jesus. My guest, Mark Newman, has done a tremendous job. You can see why I wanted him on the broadcast. If you want to read his book, Contenders, it is filled with such lucidity. You will understand many things more clearly and have evidence and guidance on how to share with others. God bless you for listening. Be sure and tune in next time. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866 41 Abide. That's our toll free number 866 41 Abide
1: or contact us on the web at wvr.org.